Consequence Podcast Network. This episode brought to you by Nick, Nick B. B. Fun fact about Nick B. Yeah, one time he slept with a ghost. Really? Did he go right through her? She ghosted him. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were the only person that did that, Mikey. <laughs> She just disappeared afterwards. That's rough, man. Mikey, you've been through that before. You know, I have. <laughs> when I had sex with a ghost, I went I went to get on top and I just like fell through it. Jen's face is making all of this worth it. <laughs> <sighs> I'm sorry, Nick B. Nick B did this. I didn't do it. This is a fun fact. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mikey started the fun fact and he just went all the way through it. <laughs> <laughs> Nick B. I'm so sorry you got ghosted by that ghost you slept with. It was the 70s. It was the 70s. <laughs> he was at a ghost key party. <laughs> this episode also brought to you by... Hold on. Skeleton, skeleton key. key. I was going to say it. We can't move on. <laughs> oh, skeleton sorry, sorry, sorry. key. It was a skeleton key party. Excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this episode also brought to you by... Ryan. Ryan. Is she going to make you mad or happy? She's going to make me happy because she's doing lots of nice things that I'm grateful for. Ryan and I went to the grocery the other day and she was like, hey, Jen, come here. I found some really good grapes. And so I bought these really good grapes and they were delicious. Thank you, Ryan, so much. They're red and seedless and I love them and they made me so happy. Also, she like showed me these because they're in this bag. I always forget to Mm. wash my grapes and so I never eat them and they just go bad in my fridge. And so Ryan helped me wash them. It was nice. Having a good week grape wise, you know. That's not something you hear often, so I'm glad That's you uh, right. kept us in the loop on that. That's real great for you. This episode also brought to you by Matt. <laughs> Do it, Mikey. Orca Borka Swedish Meatball. Oh, wow. It keeps getting longer. <laughs> okay. He's pushing the envelope. Now that he knows that that's okay, he's trying to find something else. That's what it is. That's what it is. I like how he is snorting. He's laughing so hard. Matt is actually very helpful this week and actually sent me a fun fact for us to use. So here it is. Oh, thanks. During this pandemic, the gas prices has gone down to record low prices. Really? Let me have you guess. Even at record lows, what do you think the gas prices are in Sweden? Swiss dollars? U.S. dollars. <laughs> I think the gas prices are 75 cents. Okay, and Mikey, mm. you read it, so you're out, right? I'm out. All I'm right. out. So the price of gas is $5.50 per gallon. What? Bum, 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 bum. Yeah. <laughs> you're out. <laughs> <laughs> and that is because our taxes are so high. If you remove the gasoline tax, mm. it'd be $2.20. But before the pandemic, mm. it was $6.40 a gallon, which is insane. Oh. Gas here is like $1.60 a gallon. It's amazing. Yeah, but I wonder what you get for all those, those taxes. Yeah. Like, is that how you are able to get, like, so much maternity leave, you know? And, like, health care. Yeah. All right. Yeah, exactly. We now return you to another episode of oh, sh- The, the Patrioticals. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. Holy shit. No, I think we should leave that in. Okay. Uh, I, but, it, but Jen, it happens every week and I usually edit it out. It's so funny. It's like he forgets that he has this patriotical nonsense. All right. right. Okay. So Isaac gets on a loudspeaker and he's like, I want to speak to your leader. So Eddie and Isaac decide to have a, a parlay, if you will. Oh, mm. nice. A tet a tet. I can't say that without giggling. <laughs> <laughs> Isaac and Eddie meet on the drawbridge and Isaac's like, I'm Isaac. I'm the head guy of uh, Thunderdome. And 
And then Eddie's like, I'm Eddie. I am the big cheese around this part. You got to get out of here or you'll keep dying or whatever. And, <laughs> or whatever. Uh, yeah. And Isaac's like, look, your people can come live with us, but like we need to be united right now because the world's ending. Right. And we will be knighted in strength. We'll be knighted in strength? United. United. Like a knight in strength, the armor from a mammaltopia. And Isaac's like, look, we have a fair justice system. If you have a problem with someone, you fight to the death in the Thunderdome. I mean, some would say that's not fair. And Eddie's like, look, (laughs) we live with animals and in peace with nature. And Isaac's like, we have a lot of gas, like diesel powered things. So I don't know if this is going to jive. I do love that they are essentially just meeting on a drawbridge to peacock about what they have. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, we've got grapes without seeds. Fun fact, the Mammaltopia side literally has peacocks. That's right. Yes. Yes, they do. And one's out there with him now. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Sorry. And, uh, and Eddie's like, look, I don't get a lot of parts in the Patriarchals, so now I'm talking more. And so, look, I talk to animals, and all the Wait, animals say, you're shit. Are the shit. members in the Patriarchals self-aware? No, not yet. <laughs> not yet? What? I, okay, I, hang on. Uh-oh, I'm spoilers. Gonna, I'm not going to rule it out. Um, <laughs> and Eddie's like, look, I know that you started the plague that destroyed the world or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And, like, that's not cool, bro. And the like, sunny so D that, virus? But underneath them, underneath the moat, Tristam, the robot, Oh, no. <gasps> he has replaced his shooty arm with a diggy arm. So he's like digging. A underneath. diggy arm. He's not a shovel, through. guys. Jen, no. It's not a shovel. It's no, a diggy. No, or an excavator. It's a diggy, yeah. it's a diggy, a diggy arm. arm. Exactly. Jen's on board. <laughs> and uh, Michael's back in Thunder Domington because he's starting to like feel like maybe Isaac isn't quite, like he has no idea why they're trying to destroy that city. And he's like, this is kind of weird and people are dying and like animals are killing themselves over the walls. It's like really messed up. I think Isaac yeah. himself has forgotten what he's <laughs> been doing there. His brother know? died, Jim. Oh, okay. So maybe <laughs> I just forgot. <laughs> so Michael's back in Thunderdome, and he's like gathered people around. He's like, this war might not be great. We got to like think about it. And so, <laughs> so they're doing that. Oh, my goodness. So cut to Myrtle Beach. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, so cut to Myrtle Beach. Yeah, what's happening at Myrtle Beach? Matthew, Kate, Miggy Mac, and the koala are in the submarine, and Chip and Dale turn around. They're like, look. Chip and Dale, Mike. Dale. Yeah. I don't want to get sued. They're like, we're we're the Knights Templar. Wait, what? <laughs> Hang on one second. Chip and Dale are in the Masonic order of the Knights Templar. Yep. Didn't see that one coming. Why not, Mikey? The Knights Templar have always been woodland creatures. Wow. Oh, really? Okay, that's a pretty hot take. They say, Matthew, we've paid old white men to fight our battles for us for many generations. Yeah. And we made your Mary Poppins umbrella. What? And you've done exactly what we wanted you to do. I forgot that that existed. (laughs) 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 I missed the umbrella. (laughs) Oh, wow. And then uh, Kate gets a bad feeling. And then Uh her and Mickey Mac are like, we got to get out of here. And Matthew's like, yes, you guys got to go. I'll handle these guys. So then Kate goes outside and Mickey Mac and the koala, the motorcycle's been trashed by... Some Terminator cyborgs <gasps> outside the submarine. Wait, outside the submarine in the water? No, uh, no, it's like beached on the land. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's got it's it's got a giant tank tread going down the bottom middle, so it can go on land. I have to say that is pretty badass. Yeah, Chip and <laughs> Dell know how to travel in style. <laughs> okay, so and night uh, the Knights Templar literally invented modern banking, so they have access to unlimited funds. That's right. Mm-hmm. They're like, we also caused the virus that ended humanity. 
So it we, wasn't Isaac? We modified Isaac's virus. <gasps> we invented Sunny D. Oh, no. <laughs> Those <laughs> bastards. Mickey, Mac, and the koala are trying to repair the motorcycle. And Kate's fighting all the cyborgs with her telekinesis powers. Like you do. It's like really cool. You guys just use your imagination. And then Matthew, <laughs> in his back pocket, has the handle of the Mary Poppins umbrella, like the little curved part. And he mm-hmm. throws it at Chippendale, and it comes back to him like a boomerang. And he's using that to fight them. And that's where we're going to end the episode. Wow. Will Isaac and Eddie come to some sort of arrangement? Will Matthew have to battle the Knights Templar? What happened to the peacock? Find out next week on another episode of The, the Patreonicals. And this week is the very special week where we shout out our $25 You Can Get It level Patreon sponsors. So we got Karoon. Yeah, hey, Karoon. Karoon. Thank Karoon you so is much. Awesome. Yes, thank yes, you. Yeah. You can get it, Karoon. Kayla and Aaron Ooh. can also get it. And yeah. they probably are getting it quite often. I mean, I don't want to speculate, but, you know, I'd like to think so. Yeah, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Kayla and Aaron. Yes, thank um, you so much. We have... Scott. Scott's going to get it. Scott got it for the first time last month and yeah. now is continuing Scott. to get it. Yeah. So yeah. awesome, Scott. Thank you. Sean. Oh, and Sean can't get enough. Sean's had too much. The one who can't get enough is Veronica. She is our longest yes. lasting. Yes. You can get it level sponsor. So she truly has gotten plenty, but still can't get enough. We love all of our $25 <laughs> Uh, yes. You can get it levels. And we have two new people who have decided they want to get it, too, and shown that they can because now they can get it, too. We have yes. Nicole. So, hey, yeah. Nicole, welcome to the You Can Get It level. Yeah, Nicole, thank you so welcome much for getting to it. the family of getting it. That that sounds like the weirdest cult I, ever. Yeah. I'm on board for it. I want to go to that family. Let's start it. I'll get some LSD. You get the coffee. We'll make it a thing. But also, Christy Michelle is hey. beginning to get it now too yay christy michelle watch out because you're about to get it but thank you so much for getting it thank you You so much it really means a lot to us and this episode finally brought to you by chris Chris. Chris. hey chris just wants everyone to know that he loves you we love you we see you we hear you you're not alone i know There's a lot of stuff going on. And if you just want to talk to somebody, you're just feeling like it's just starting to get to you. One of the things I've noticed with all of this is that it's sneaky and I don't notice that I'm feeling like upset or triggered until I'm like freaking out, you know? So if that happens to you there, just scroll through the Facebook page because there is either someone there you can talk to about it or there's like a cute picture of animals or something like, or just say you'd like to get a bunch of cute pictures of animals and you'll get that. It's a really great community. And Chris is a big part of that. And we really appreciate it. Hey guys, I swear to God, I saw the theme music on the radar, but it's not, it's not showing up. Oh yeah. I don't believe you, Todd. No, I, I think swear you're to crazy. God, it was on the radar. I swear no. to God, it was on the radar. Don't you yeah. know how radar works, Todd? Oh my oh, God, shit. we're about to run into it. Oh no! <laughs> hey, so Mikey, you uh, made out with your neighbor? Uh, I did indeed make out with my neighbor. Uh, I don't know what week of these chronicles are on, but finally I was like, hey, we should just make out sometime. And then finally, I was over there and we were like watching TV. And then like we made out. And she's like. But she, at first, she was like, this is a one-time thing. 
And that's what they all say. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the horror version. <laughs> I'm Jen. <laughs> I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, but you guys make me watch them. And this week, by you guys, I mean the listeners, because we that's did right. a listener request this week. And this week, you guys made me watch Ghost Ship. <laughs> Ghost Ship. Yes. Yeah. And I was so excited. I was excited until I watched it. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe actually the excitement like meter was off opposite for me and Mikey because I was like oh shit yeah, okay well and then first- I watched it and I was like woohoo Jen, I thought it was Deep Rising. I was like, oh, this is where they fight all those giant octopuses on that cruise ship with automatic weapons. Oh, nope, it's not It wasn't that, that movie. It was not that movie, Mikey. Yeah. Hey, remember when last week you thought the movie was something completely different than it was? <laughs> Mikey, what is your life like that you can't Google things? In these unprecedented times. <laughs> <laughs> so had you guys seen this movie before? I saw it in theaters. What? So wait, you saw this movie in theaters, but you still thought it was Deep Rising, not this this movie when you watched it today. Todd, this is not the first time Mikey has had no clue what happens in a movie he claims to have seen. All right, Jen, that is completely, completely fair. I apologize. The only thing I remembered was the twist when I figured out that this was the movie. So, Jen, had you seen it before? I had. I think I probably rented it. This probably, because this was 2002, I think this would definitely have been in my blockbuster and make out moves time. Yeah. Okay, well, this is obviously my first time seeing it. I didn't think it was super scary. There were some parts that scared me, but it wasn't awful. Yeah, it wasn't awful at all. And it was sort of telegraphed in a way. Like, you could sort of see things coming, and that's probably why it wasn't so scary. So it was coming after House on Haunted Hill remake and the 13 Ghosts remake. and it's It got did that sort of have a 13 Ghosts vibe, yeah. Yeah. Well, it was the same director. It's a remake, too, right? Um, I've got fun. Yes and no. I've got fun facts about it. It just felt like they were trying so hard to capture the style of those two movies that they just sacrificed everything in the story and, like, (laughs) sense making, you know? It just felt like it was trying so hard to work and it just, like, clunked along, you know? That said, there, I really enjoyed it. Like, there's a lot of stuff that Mm. I liked about it, kind of in the way I liked 13 Ghosts, you know? It's just dumb fun. I agree with Jen. It was entertaining. It made me laugh and I watched it with a couple of friends and it was funny. Yeah, like the way that it goes off the rails in the third ha- the third part, I was like what the fuck is this Not even story? the third part like when the guy was like, yeah man, uh, this ghost was talking to me and like, she had nice titties. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, the first mate. I was like, what is this dialogue? It was not yeah. great dialogue, yeah. It was bizarre. But I mean, a lot of movies in that time that we have watched had really bad dialogue. Yeah, yeah. and this was a worse version of that. But yeah, I agree but those are bad movies from that time like a lot of good movies came out in 99 and stuff oh sure yeah this is 2002 but yeah i mean you're not wrong a lot of good movies did come out during that time this is not one of those no no but movies that were good did come out in that time I would put this in the so bad it's good category for me, though. Like, not so gra- so good it's amazing, but so bad it's good. This is definitely one of those movies that made me sad that we did not watch it together, that we're, you yes. know, quarantining, because I really would have loved looking over at Mikey, like, five or six times in this movie, <laughs> uh, and just, like, seeing him lay on the couch, toes towards me, like, just giggling. <laughs> <laughs> what I love about this movie is that, like, the cast is fantastic, 
but also terrible. Like all these people go on to do great things. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, just about One of all them of was them. in Lord of the Rings. Like he was in Lord of the Rings when <laughs> this was coming out. Wait, which one are you talking? Oh, oh, um, Munder. I don't know any of their names, Jen. That's ridiculous that you think I would. <laughs> it's Carl Urban, I think. It is Carl Urban. Yeah. Yeah, he's awesome. He is awesome in everything he does, including this. Well, and Juliana Margulies is in this, who is amazing, and I mm-hmm. loved her in ER. I didn't really watch The Good Wife, but I've heard she's really good in that too um and then gabriel Byrne. but to mikey's point these are like legit big actors doing literally the worst work of their life <laughs> i've got and, some fun and facts how about often that. do you see that <laughs> you've got fun facts jen i do stay tuned i've got a lot of fun facts about this movie Fuck, just- yes i can't wait but let's just get into this fucking movie all right so we start with some underwater bubbles and todd i imagine you probably liked these credits right No, No, they went on way too long. And Mm -hmm. I honestly thought we had paid $2.99 on Amazon Prime for the wrong movie. Yes. Because the first, like, five minutes of this, I was like, what fucking 60s movie is this? I literally, like, wrote in my notes, where's Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet? Like, what's going on? Mm -hmm. Why is this happening this way? So, Todd, uh, I watched this movie with, like, friends from work because, like, we're all quarantined together or whatever. And I talked about the credits while they were happening. And they're like, why are you talking about the credits? And I was like, you're not Todd! You don't understand me. <laughs> oh, I miss you, But yeah, so we see some bubbles and like jaunty romantic ship ahoy music, you know? Oh, yeah. And it's like a elegante ballroom and like glamorous party going mm-hmm. on. And I, I literally was like, this is not a scary movie. I had Natalie pause it and show me the poster they had on mm-hmm. Amazon Prime for it. I was like, oh, wait, no, that is it. What the fuck is going on right now? Yeah. Now, I will say, <laughs> this is one of my favorite movie openings in a horror movie. This is Is it? Awesome. Really? Yes. Okay. That's so cool. And then, like, out of the blue. It is very out of the blue. So I'll, I'll give you the surprise factor was, like, oh, shit, that's intense. But so what we've got is we've got, like, a lounge singer singing in Italian. We're going to find out her name is Francesca. Um, and there are people handing out champagne, one of whom looks really shady. And there's a little girl on board, and she's got these letter things that spell out board. Yeah, it spells out I am bored. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so everybody is dancing around and having a glamorous old time. And then somebody pulls a ship lever, and it activates a cord. And then we see it cut some flowers in half. Not just flowers, Jen. Yeah. But I love how this happens, because everybody just freezes. And you don't know for a second what's going on until this guy's pants fall down, except it's not his pants. It's like the top of his shirt. And then you see that he's bleeding. And then everybody starts to like slide apart and you realize that they all got cut in half by this cord. And it's so cool. It it is pretty cool. I'll give you Mm -hmm. that. What I thought was ridiculous was it definitely would have killed the girl. Like she definitely would have been cut in half too. Todd, there's that. But then also this whole movie is just the ghost of the collector collecting souls. Oh my God, Mikey. If you had told me a week ago we were going to watch Ghost (laughs) Collector, I would have been so fucking excited and then so disappointed after this movie. It's the same same plot. I mean, I get that, but Collector is way better than this. Mm. (laughs) And you can tell, like, because it starts out with that, like, 1950s, 1960s dance music. You got Francesca singing, and then, like, you hear, like, an ominous turn in the music, and you're like, oh, shit, some shit's about to go down. Uh So they really do a pretty good job of telegraphing it. I did Mm -hmm. not think it was going to be on the scale of cutting everyone in half, except for... 
the captain it cut his head off and then it just completely missed the girl but yeah I mean I did not expect that level you know and mm-hmm. I love I don't love but like when the body parts are like crawling across and like oh yeah Jen I love legs. that too I love that Jen just like you did <laughs> I loved it oh yeah no mm-hmm. what I mean is it's effective and it's it gross. is effective yeah Jen they lost their sea legs oh goodness <laughs> I do think for like an effect, like everybody gets killed in like five seconds. Like they do a good job of really drawing it out and making it like an event, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, I'll say this. It's not that gory for what we're explaining. It's definitely watchable for someone like me. Uh, I mean, like honestly, like Saving Private Ryan, that first beach scene is so much worse. Yeah, this is. Yeah, but this this is the scene that this movie is known for. Well, because it peaks and then goes downhill the whole way. It sinks real fast. Um, (laughs) I mean, I saw that to say, like, if that if the opening scene didn't exist, I don't think anybody would watch this movie. You know, because there's really not much else. And then we jump to present day. Back to action on a tugboat. And it literally feels like Fast and Furious on a tugboat. Dude, it is actually pretty cool. Like, Juliana Margulies is, like, badass and across a zip line. She's like, I'm not going to let her go down with the ship. I don't know why she's got an accent, but it just seems like it fits. So she, like, won't listen to authority, and she dives into the tunnel, and she's like, I'm going to weld this thing. And then the two guys help her, and then they save the ship. Yeah, Dodge and whoever the other guy is. Dodge and Munder. Carl Urban. Yeah, they go over with her. They like underwater weld and they're like, get it, make it back on the ship. And they're like, no, we're going to fucking save this thing. It's like the first 15 minutes of this from when we jump to present day feels like a Fast and the Furious tugboat edition to me. It does, yeah, which I would watch. (laughs) The timeline checks out. The Fast and the Furious did come out before this, I believe. The tug and the boatier. I'll watch it. But Gabriel Byrne, even when they're back in the bar, when someone comes up to him and says, uh, you know, hey, can I talk to you real quick? Just like me, the captain. He goes, hey, man, if you want to talk to me, you talk to my whole crew, which is like a straight up Vin Diesel line mm-hmm. from Fast and Furious. We're, We're a, a family. family. Exactly. Family, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if Gabriel Byrne had mentioned family once, I would not have been at all surprised to see written by Vin Diesel at the end. Ghost ride the ship. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, we got to ghost drift this ship around these rocks. <laughs> so, we got the best salvage crew in the biz, and now they're all drinking. And the guy from season three of uh, Dexter. Can we just use his name? <laughs> yeah, his name I don't in the know movie. Who that is. That's just what I recognize him from. He's also in a couple of the U turn movies or Wrong Turn. That's right. He's in Wrong Turn. His name is okay. Desmond Harrington, but he's Ferryman in this movie. Winky Blinky. Yeah, Ferryman. I've got fun facts about that name, too. Oh, like Fairy Man because he ferries people across the river Styx. The river Styx, yeah. All right. So, Ferry. Ferriman comes over and he says, hey, guys, but he's like real nervous and like unassuming, which made me think he was a bad actor for a lot of this movie. Honestly, I did, too. And then the turn happens Mm -hmm. like towards the end that I was like, oh, shit, he is a bad actor. Yeah, but he's also a hot actor. (laughs) I was way more into him after the video game music. You're disgusting. (laughs) So anyways, Fairman comes over and he says, hey, I found this boat in the ocean and it's in international waters. You're like, good job, nerd. 
Yeah, it's a boat. <laughs> yeah, there are a shitload of boats in the oceans, idiot. I know. They are real mean to him for somebody who could be potentially bringing them work, you know. But yeah. yeah. So that he's found an ocean liner or something, and he they're trying to decide if they're going to go track it down to salvage it. And he says he wants 20% of the finder's fee. Well, yeah, and then they, like, send him away. Gabriel Burns like, all right, go away. I'm going to talk to my family. And exactly. Then, <laughs> and he goes three feet away and just listens to everything they say. Yeah, he 100% could hear them, but whatever. They do talk it out. Gabriel Burns like, they all do. right, well, do you guys want to do this? And they're like, well, what's the cut? And they're like, well, let's just do, you know, we're all split equally. It's easier uh-huh. than paying you guys overtime. So all of them are in. But right. we also sort of find out, like, who does what on the squad. Yeah. And, like, um, you know, we find out that the first mate who is... Greer. I forget his name, but he's Isaiah Greer. Washington. Greer, he is Isaiah yeah. Washington, yeah. yeah. So uh, we found out that he's uh, engaged, and we uh-huh. find out that Santos, who I've never seen act again, he <laughs> drives the tugboat. He's also like the mechanic of the tugboat. Yeah. So we sort of find out these little things in this roundtable when they come up with the, we'll just split it all, right? Right. And then, and then he goes, hey, ferryman. Come over here, and Ferryman's like, I could hear you the entire time. Right. Thanks for acknowledging <laughs> me again. And then Gabriel Burns like, we'll do it, but you only get 10%. They're like busting his balls over 10%, and then he's like, all right, fine, I'll do it for 10%, but I get to come with you because I'm the guy who ferries people across the river sticks to hell. Yeah. You shouldn't know that yet, my bad. But I shouldn't have named myself something so blatantly obvious. Yeah. I didn't want you to know that, so yeah, my yeah, bad. That, that was that's on, on me. me. But I do, I like the way he said it too though he's like no i can't let myself be taken advantage of like that <laughs> i just thought it was interesting i like in this movie version of the afterlife the only way to go to hell is if you take a cruise ship have you ever been on a carnival cruise my <laughs> yeah. i i have been on them <laughs> i like that they have to get filled up with souls and then sink before you actually have to go to hell well so now it's tugboat time those in the know call that tbt TBT. Mm. Tugboat time, baby. Tugboat time. Dude, I just did some research on the tugboat for work, and tugboats are really cool. Like <laughs> Tugboats are really cool. It's it's really cool. They're really like strong and awesome. What I liked about this scene was they cut it to make the tugboat look like it's going really fast out yes. in the open ocean. And I'm like, yes. nothing looks like it's going fast on open ocean. Like, what are they doing? Right. You got to put a bunch of dolphins like in the, the sight line to yes. have them swim faster than the dolphins, you know? So was it in the Arctic? They don't really talk about where it is, but I got the impression it was like in the Caribbean-ish area somewhere. No, it's in the Bering Strait. Oh, okay. I must have missed that. My bad. Yeah, the Bering Strait's in between Alaska and Russia. Okay, that's oh, okay. what I was thinking, yeah. She would have died at the end of the movie because that would be very cold. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but she's not in the water yet. They're on Arctic warrior time. And so they're <laughs> hanging out on the boat and it's pretty like generic conversation. Conversation. Like she's you cutting. do sort of get a good feel for like their family ish type vibe, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe not family, but they have worked together for a long time uh, and know each other very well. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I do like them. I think there are points where the script is like, "What the hell is going on with these people?" But this is one of the scenes. I was like, "Oh yeah, they're cool. They're, they seem like they would be fun." And I was like, "I wonder what it would be like to work on a tugboat. That might be a fun adventure." <laughs> Santos is doing spitballs at Keith Urban, mm-hmm. and uh, Ferryman is talking to Abs. And she's like sort of explaining who they are. And yeah, and she even says like these apes are my family or whatever. And a 
Okay, and it, this conversation comes out of nowhere. She's it's because it's like a what's a nice girl doing in a like a tugboat, you know? Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody oh, asked you then, to justify your life. But she really does. He, she's she like, does. oh, why am I not at home raising a family? And he's like, that is not at all what I asked. Yeah, you're clearly bitter about something. I know. Like you are fighting your dad, not me, right now. All right. I asked was, how do you know these people? Exactly. And that's one of those things that I feel like it's just a failure of writing because like with a yeah. better written script it would totally make sense for them to talk about but it just comes out of the blue and it's like yeah. what the f- why are you so mean <laughs> I, I like characters who are just mean as shit to each other for no reason you're gonna love this movie Mikey that last week's <laughs> movie true. this week's movie everybody's mean all the time now so the only person who's not in that room is Santos right because Santos uh-huh. is, is driving the boat or driving the tugboat mm-hmm. and he is up there listening to Mudvayne Jesus is that what it was and he's like looking through the radar and he's like seeing a ship sometimes and uh-huh. then we'll go back around and the ship is gone <gasps> it's like it's a ghost so he calls the captain up there and he's like you need to see this and the captain's like see what he's like i swear it was just there and he he like does the like old school like troubleshooting thing where you would just like the fawns your... yeah he does a fawns to the radar and it starts working again they still can't see it no. so the captain like hey dodge yeah dodge get on the spotlight in the front of the boat yeah, yeah. so he sends dodge up there and then they literally run into it. And that was funny because they kept showing the outside of the boat in the rain or whatever. And I was mm-hmm. like, why are there tires all around this boat? And then the movie immediately answered my question <laughs> of that because it runs right into the ghost ship and then Dodge almost gets squished. He does, yeah. But luckily he dodges it. Yeah, thank yeah. God. Yeah, fun fact about tugboats, <laughs> they do have tire bumpers like that because like sometimes one of the things the tugboat does is pushes boats and you don't want to fuck up your boat. Honestly, it made perfect sense. I just never thought about that until this movie right. and then it answered it right as I had the thought. It was very funny. I don't think a lot of people think about tugboats as much as they should, you know? Yeah, guys, it's about time we started respecting tugboats the way we should. Anyways, so tugboat busts into and it's an old rusty ocean liner. I mean, it's the boat from the beginning. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but like 40 years later now, I think. Ah, uh, the ghost boat from the beginning. The ghost Excuse boat. Me. <gasps> yeah. It's old and rusted. Old. Rusted. <laughs> ghost boat, baby ghost boat. Sorry, I thought you were doing the... Uh... I was doing it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, just... okay, cool, 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 yeah. Ghost, ghost boat, ghosty <laughs> ghost boaty. I don't know how we got here, but I'm so glad we did. <laughs> we talked about tugboats for probably 20 minutes. Tugboats are cool. <laughs> we need to rewrite Love Shack. That's what we need I to know. Do. <laughs> Tug Shack sounds too dirty. Oh. <laughs> Honestly, though, Jen, I'm on board for that oh, song, too. I'm here for it. Okay, so the ship is called the Antonia Garza. Oh, is it? I honestly didn't it realize is, yeah. that. Okay. <laughs> I didn't listen Did- to a lot of the dialogue, but, like, yes, it's a cool ocean liner that's rusted. Oh, shit. This is when the captain of the tugboat gives us, like, some historical realness about that boat. You're right, Jen. Yeah. He drops the exposition anchor, if you will. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, he yeah, does. Because it, it disappeared, but it, it didn't give any distress signals or anything, and everybody's been looking for it for all of these 40 years. And there were no yeah. survivors. Yeah, well, that we know of. But under the sea laws, yar, the boat, she be mine. <laughs> I, he, he, <laughs> he is talking about maritime law, and if you he find is. something... And I think I I think they even say it later. He says maritime law is finders keepers. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Thanks for making it really easy for me. Yeah. Well, so they have claim to this ship now. Well, and they also say that like Italian ocean liners, they couldn't compete with the speed of other ocean liners. So they just made them super fancy. 
Yeah. Although it's all rusted to shit now, but I imagine there'd be a lot of like just luggage and artifacts. And so anyways, so they board the ship and this is when we find out that Epps and Murphy are not together. It's like a father daughter kind of relationship, but it's yeah. so clunky how they say that. And honestly, I didn't really get a father daughter vibe from them really more than I, I got either. just that she was a part of his crew and yeah, whatever. Like they just don't really... <laughs> feel that way to me and then I know. he ends up and i know he's hallucinating but he ends up beating the shit out of her mm-hmm. like, until she like hits him with a candlestick over the head so like in the library <laughs> yeah but they don't really oh. feel like father daughter you know no they don't all right but so they're starting to go in the ship and it's really old and gross everywhere and so they're joking around in the ballroom but gabriel Byrne is not having it because you got to show ships some respect yeah you don't fuck around in the ballroom guys uh. Nothing yeah. funny to see here. <laughs> the comedy shows at 10. Right, exactly. <laughs> it, was, it was a little weird. And it's just, oh God, we're probably going to say this many times. It's just the bad script. But in all good ways. All the dialogue is just terrible in great ways. Yeah. Hey, I'm having a lot of fun talking about it. So, you know. I, I like fun watching it. Yeah. <laughs> I like that the gold turns people evil, but that's never like a point that's ever made until like the very end with that one person. And then uh-huh. they don't really. Ma- we'll get there, Mike, because, <laughs> yeah, yeah I have an issue. with I that. just thought of that right now. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> but Jen, mm-hmm. they are walking around this boat. Right. And then they yep. run into a literal ticking clock. They do. Yep. <laughs> and then it stops. Yeah. And then it makes this huge sound. And that scared the shit out of me. I was, I was wondering was if so it did. mad because that's like a shitty, cheap ass jump scare. It, was it is so a cheap dumb. one. Yeah. I was so mad, mainly because my girlfriend was like, really? But <laughs> it was still infuriating. And then we also <laughs> see those I'm bored letters on a table right next to this clock. And it says, welcome aboard. Right, right. And there's yeah. some movie where like a clock comes to life and it's like the house winding itself up. It might be 13 Ghosts. That isn't 13 Ghosts for sure. Anyways, it just felt like creepy atmosphere with no substance, you know? Yeah. And so now they're trying to go to the bridge and Greer is back on the tugboat and he's not getting um, good signal from the walkie talkie, which is something we're going to continue to see. So they're walking through another hallway and Munder is kind of being a loose cannon and he wants to go first and then, ah, he falls through the floor. But not so fast. Carol jumps through the floor and grabs him. Carol, who is Epps. And so she's like... I mean, he's like dangling and she's like... And she's being pulled through on some level and then other people come to help and help pick him up. But while he's dangling, she looks up into the room he's dangling into and that's when we see Katie for the first time. Right. Ghost girl. I think Epps is the only person to see her so far. Yes, I think through the whole thing. I don't know if anybody else ever sees her. But they pull him back up and uh, serves him right for one to go first. (laughs) Oh, yeah. The captain does say that. And then he says, follow me. Yeah, he's like, you piece of shit. That's what you get for walking first. (laughs) Right. Like your feet are. Yeah, the captain is kind of a dick in this movie. I don't know. That's because he's he's like on this like high from usual suspects. He's like, listen, I've done an awesome movie. It's going to be smooth sailing. I'm going to do only blockbuster hits. And then my wife's going to burn me alive in a movie in 2018. <gasps> That's right. No, no, no. You can tell he like had all the actors and they were doing a huddle. He's like, guys, I did a movie just like this, but without a boat. At the end, there's a big twist just like this. And then like everyone loves that movie and I got famous and you guys are going to do it too. It's going to be great. 
And he was right about them all being famous after this, but not right about the quality of that movie. Right. Most of them. Yeah. So they get to the bridge and they find out that she apparently just ran on full throttle until all of the gas ran out and she's just been drifting. But the fuel tanks are totally empty and none of the boat stuff works. Yeah, like the rudder doesn't work, any of that shit. And part of it is flooded. And they also find a digital watch, which was not around in 1962 when the ship disappeared. So they know that they're not the first ones to board the ship since it disappeared. Yeah, yeah. So now they all go back to the tugboat and they're trying to decide what to do. And Fairman is asking what happened to the boat. And this is when Murphy talks about the Mary Celeste, which I have fun facts about. So we can talk about that at the end of the Oh, is that a real boat? It is a real boat. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no shit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, dude. I'm telling you, there's some fun, fun facts for this. Um, So he's talking about the Mary Celeste, which is a ghost ship. And that's when (gasps) he says the name of the movie. He does, yes. But Dodge says that that's (laughs) bullshit. And I say, no, it's not. It's real. It happened. I heard about it on podcasts. Technically, a ghost ship doesn't necessarily have to have ghosts on it. That's like the sea term for a ship that is abandoned or just drifting. Yeah, yeah. So the Mary Celeste was, and I'll, we'll talk about what that actual ship is, because it's pretty interesting. Stay tuned for fun facts. Stay tuned. So Murphy wants to tug her back in. Um, so they're trying to decide what they're going to do, because they can't anchor her because her anchor's gone. Oh, yeah, and then she's got a hole in it, right? Yeah, they have to fix the hole, and it's like three. It's going to take a lot of work to fix the hole. So it's a sinking clock. Boom, got it. It is a sinking clock. (laughs) (laughs) But also, is this where we also find out that they're about to like go into land or whatever? There's rocks and they're in a big, they're going in a big circle and it's actually, they're going clockwise. So it's a big clock. Yeah. So they're trying to decide, this happens over a couple of scenes too, um, because at one point Carol from ER is smoking. You mean Epps? Yeah. yeah. She's smoking and she tells Fairman that she saw the little girl. Um, And then he's like scared by them scuba diving or something, which was a little bit cheesy. Well, he doesn't know that they exist because he's been a ghost. Yeah, he doesn't know about scuba diving. because (laughs) That's true. But yeah, so they're trying to decide what they're going to do. They could call the Coast Guard and have the Coast Guard help them pull it in, but then they might lose their claim to it. They could, like, they just don't want to lose this boat. It's a little bit like the perfect storm. It's like, we're here right now. I know this may not be the safest or best thing to do, but we don't want to lose this money, you know? So this tug has a hole in the hull. Yeah, it does. The the tug doesn't, Jen. The tug doesn't. The boat has a hole in it. The ship has a big hole. It's got a hole in the hull. Mm, It's gotten all wet. (laughs) Yeah, it has. It's flooded. Mikey, are you making our innocent song weird? (laughs) Yeah. Dick in the Box is not an innocent song. (laughs) It is legally distinct from Dick in a Box, guys. So there's a hole in it and they got to fix it. They got to plug it. So they do decide that they're going to try to fix it and then they're just going to pull it into shore. And the captain is kind of a jerk to Santos at this point. Yeah, he's kind of a dick. I know. Santos literally says, I can't fix the engine with the tools we have on board. And he goes, I don't give a shit, Santos. You fix my engine. Like, exactly. Oh, I can't. Do you think this was supposed to be like the movie saying that everyone's kind of losing it because of the powers of the ghost ship, but it's just done so badly that we never actually know that's what's happening? Oh, yeah, yeah, maybe. But I honestly didn't get that. I thought, well, everyone just sort of hates each other, which no. I get. I have I coworkers think, yeah. I don't like. But they liked each other before they went on this trip. And, I, and it, it went to great lengths to, find, to show us they liked each other until they got to the boat. I think the movie just really fails. And I would mm-hmm. only say that because Dodge goes absolutely 
bonkers. When does Dodge go bonkers? Because he's like, I'm not going to let you blow up the ship. We're taking the gold. Mm. Did you not realize that that was not Dodge? Oh, that was Ferryman? fuck, I forgot. That was Ferryman. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my no, God, I remember, Mikey. I remember. Oh, oh, my, oh God. my God. That is Disregard everything I just said. That is definitely staying in the podcast. They definitely imply that people go crazy and start murdering each yes. other for the gold. They do. And I've got some fun facts about why that might be. So now um, Carol from ER, who's Epps, is going to the swimming pool, which is totally empty. But there are some bullet holes or something weird. There in are, it. yes. And she goes into the pool. Yeah. Well, I guess into where the water would be. Okay. A lot of this is happening at the same time and it's cutting back and forth. So when yeah. I was writing my notes, I just put a lot of this stuff in the same column. So we're just going to go through everybody's little arcs all together and then we'll pop her out. Well, yeah, because Epps like, is in the pool. She sees something that spooks her or whatever, and she sees, like, bullet. We see bullet shells. Yeah, she sees the bullet casings, and then mm -hmm. she tries to climb out. And she's like, oh, people died here. And then the right. ghost girl scares her, and she falls. Right, and she falls down, and I guess she gets knocked out or something. She gets back up. She tub thumps, Yeah, Mikey. and then she gets knocked down again. Knocked down again. Mm -hmm. You're right. She does definitely tub thump. No, does she tug thump? Oh! <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I think this is also when we start to see blood coming out the holes of the little bullets. It fills up with blood, but no one sees it, and you're like, okay, I guess that's supposed to be scary. It's, this is a shining. This is not. Well, it fills up, and then we start to see bodies floating around, but nobody mm -hmm. notices, because Ferryman yeah. shows up and helps her get out, and they there just walk no by. There is no lifeguard on duty. No. There is a death guard on duty, though. That's right. <laughs> Nailed it. All right, so now Munder and Dodge are heading down to the main engine room, and this is when we find out it's totally flooded. So yes. they're going to have to, like, dive to fix this thing, too, yeah. which yeah. makes it even harder. All right, so Greer and Murphy are looking around, and they get to the captain's quarters. And this is so weird. Did you notice how Murphy does this yeah. thing where he's he just stares down Greer, and he's like, mm, see it's his captains. You're not a captain. He says all that with his body. And he's just a dick. But also, like, yes, he, he's not a captain, but that doesn't mean he can't go in any room that says captain on the door. It's like, part so of his dumb. job is helping him recover all of this stuff. And also, the captain's dead. Like, none of that matters. Exactly. Who gives a shit whose room he it is? He has to go to the ballroom to hit on the ghost now. But he doesn't know about that yet. <laughs> Well, so Gabriel Byrne says, I'm the captain now. And he goes in and he finds the captain's hat and he sees the captain's toilet also. Does he? Yeah, I know. He was looking at the bathroom and it was just like the camera was right behind the toilet or something. Yeah, and he listened really close and he heard. <laughs> <laughs> captain's log. <laughs> Ew. Uh, and then he goes and drinks some scotch and then he sees the captain in the mirror go, it was me. Ew. <laughs> and then he just laughs maniacally because what are you, you going to do at that point? You know, it's Can I you. say this though? <laughs> I really mean this. And I realize the older the scotch, the better. So like if you find a bottle of scotch that's closed, fine, take that with you and drink it. If you find a glass that has been open air for like 40 years, are mm -hmm. you going to drink that scotch? No. I'll try it. Yep. Mikey's like, I wouldn't kick it out of bed. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but he also sees a bloody razor in the sink, too. Yes. And he's looking at himself in the mirror. And then this is a jump scare. I wondered if it was going to get you because he looks up and the cat, his face is the cat. It definitely yeah. got me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like they were trying to go for this whole uh, he's losing his mind thing, but it just doesn't work. They just didn't know how to effectively write it. I just yeah. thought at this point, because up to this point, we had only seen the little girl. I, I then thought to myself, oh, there are other people from the old ship on this boat. So we're yeah. going to see the captain. And then I figured we're going to see the lounge singer, and which we do because we follow Isaiah Washington down to that ballroom area. And we mm -hmm. see him 
like play on the piano or whatever, and he's talking to the picture frame of like the singer. He hears her singing. Yeah, but he doesn't see her yet, and everybody's hearing because the song's coming through on the walkie-talkie. And so right. they just think that Epps is fucking with them. Because I guess she is the only female voice there. I too. mean, yeah, it could be because she's the only female voice there, but that doesn't sound anything like Epps. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. She seems a little bit more no-nonsense, you know? So now Epps and Fairman are walking through, and they're going to open the shaft to see if it's flooded or not, and they don't take any precautions whether <laughs> it is flooded because they- They don't even knock on it. They just open it, and then, of course, they get flooded with water and dead bodies. Exactly. Guess it is yeah. flooded, and now we're dead. Yeah. But so a bunch of bodies come back in, but they are like new dead bodies. Like they've only been there for a couple of weeks. Um, So maybe they are the owners of the digital watch or something. They've got to be. Or, you know, maybe it was a bunch of crews have found this ship, you know? Yeah. Um, And they all get collected. (laughs) So this is when Greer is playing piano. Yeah. So we cut back to Greer after this and he's playing the piano and he's talking to the picture Mm -hmm. frame of Francesco, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, and then and he looks down on the piano when he sees like a fresh cigarette with lipstick on it. Right. And he's like, how did you get here? Uh-huh. Like he's being real flirty with the ghost the, cigarette. What are you right. doing, Isaiah oh, Washington? Yeah. But then we see her off in the corner smoking, but he doesn't see her. And so now Epps and Ferriman are wandering around and they find his, like the car of his dreams. Oh, and then, yeah. Yeah, like a 60-something Jaguar. But they also see something moving over <gasps> a, under Ooh. a bunch of letters. Yeah. yeah. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. And so <laughs> You guys know how much rats love gold, right? They do, yeah. So there are a bunch of rats, but then they see that they're on top of a bunch of gold bars. Yeah. So hooray, we're rich. And it's not just like one box of gold bars. It's like boxes and boxes and boxes of gold bars. Like an embarrassing amount of gold bars for them to find, you know? All right, so they found the gold, and now they're trying to find Murphy to tell him about it. And Epps is hearing like somebody whispering her name. Right, and then she goes into like this old fridge, right? Is that when they go into the old yes, fridge? Yes, yeah, yeah. They go into the galley. Oh, man, I fucking hated this. It was so scary because what? there's like, yeah, Mikey, you don't have to shame me when I say I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> it's the what? premise of the podcast. When that face yeah, turned, fair. I was like, oh, that's creepy. Yeah, when yeah. that face turned, it scared the shit out of me. And then it starts like yelling and whatever. And then it turns mm-hmm. out to be Keith Urban, or not Keith Urban, sorry, that Carl would be great. Urban. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out to be Carl Urban and Dodge. And I'm like, why the fuck would they be in there doing that? Yeah, and it's revenge. Revenge for what, though? Because they thought that she was singing the song over the um, walkie-talkie. Oh, okay. That's fair. In my head canon. Dodge and him were together. I, sh- I shipped them on Ghost Ship. Mikey, in the book of this movie, they have a romantic relationship. <laughs> I mean, their romantic relationship makes a lot more sense than the one they try to force on Dodge and Epps at the very end. Like, what the fuck? You like Oh, the her one now? they try and shoehorn in? Did you say shoehorn? That's what I thought you said, too. Uh, sorry. <laughs> the one they try to shoe sex worker in? Right. Yeah. What? Thank you, Todd. I said shoehorn. Shoehorn in. (laughs) So now she's telling them about the gold, but Murphy's got a captain check it out to make sure it's real gold. And he's just being a dick. And everybody's happy because they're rich now. Yeah, like they're literally talking about how they're super rich now. It's like two or three hundred million dollars in gold. And you're right. The captain is like he has to give it the real gold seal of approval, which. I do not think Murphy knows any more about gold than any of the other no. ones. Well, and they also, because somebody notices that the filings have been, or the markings have been filed down. Yes. So it's probably stolen gold, too. Nazi gold. 
I was thinking Nazi gold too, but it doesn't really go into that. They just say stolen gold. But does this have something to do with the bodies they found? <gasps> but you know what? Murphy's Law says this is not going to go well. You're right. And also, this is when Murphy does talk about the maritime law as finders keepers. <laughs> which I'm not sure if that holds up in court, but I like the way he said it. I'm the boss at work and I have this thing. This is probably the worst thing I do as a boss. It's called fry tax. So if you start eating french fries, I like demand one fry. I mean, honestly, when you said it's the worst thing I do as a boss, I thought it was going to be much worse. I did too. <laughs> I'm a good boss. I'm just like, I want a french fry if you're going to eat them in front of me. You claim the right of fry a naka. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so this is when Greer says the ship is fucked up. He heard a really sexy voice and they all laugh at him and they're all just kind of being dicks to him. But he has like got a hard on for this voice he heard yeah. and they're giving him shit about it. Yeah. Yeah. And also say maybe you just don't want to get married. But they also, this is when they decide not to call the Coast Guard. They also decide that we're not going to worry about the boat. We're just going to take the gold and right. we're going to yeah, get the fuck the out of run. here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which I mean. That is the right call, man. Because the, yeah. they only have three days to save the boat which is a really close time window anyway. Uh -huh. They can get the gold now and leave. They right. don't. They decide to spend the night on the ghost boat and just do it in the morning, which is the dumbest shit I've ever heard said in a movie. Mm -hmm. But they, I mean, they could have literally just grabbed the gold and ran. The, my least favorite part of this is when Juliana Margulies says a.m. instead of morning. I like that that's your biggest problem with the movie. Right. <laughs> in a movie riddled with problems, it's the way she right. said a.m. and not morning. No one talks like that. Hey, guys, why don't we just wait till the a.m.? And then do it. I mean, it's boat lingo. They talk like that all the time. Mikey, would it surprise you to hear that I say that? <laughs> oh, no, it would not. No. <laughs> Todd knows boat lingo, too. I think they're going to go spend the night on the tugboat, but while they're there, Santos is fixing it, and this is when the ghost evil starts to, like, unturn the valve, so it's releasing a bunch of gas. Do we see that, though? Yeah, we see the valve turning, I and that's it. I must have missed that. So they're rolling gold down the hall. Santos is trying trying to fix the engine the ghost valve starts to open um ghost girl sees it and she tries to tell carol to stop oh yeah and then she gets like ghost checked into the floor yeah <laughs> she does yeah ghost slammed well that's what the first mate was trying to do to the singer that's true so santo smells propane but Greer's up on the bridge, and he doesn't notice that there's a gas leak. Yeah, and Santos had radioed up there and said, hang, I, I fixed it. Go ahead and start right. the engine. So he, Greer's starting the engine, but Santos then hears or smells the propane or whatever. Uh -huh. And then instead of getting on the walkie-talkie, he just used to call Greer. Mm -hmm. uh, as Greer's hitting the button to start the engine, he just yells. So Greer can't hear him. <laughs> so right. it blows up the boat. Tuggy! It blows up Tuggy. I think the name was something else. It was the Arctic Warrior, but he went by Tuggy. Close friends and family. He likes oh, that. Oh, well, I guess he, I just didn't know him like that. He made me call him Mr. Warrior in front of company. Oh, really? Well, we go way back. <laughs> Run up, Doug. There goes that tug. That tug Aww. is fucked. I do like that we get to see it sink. But the first It mate... explodes in the middle. And everybody just goes like 2,000 CGI flying everywhere. <laughs> and you see all of them surface. Like, Well, Santos didn't surface. We see Santos on fire. And Santos does not surface. So everyone no. else that was on the boat. So like Dodge and the first mate they all surface right i do like how instead of explaining how they got back onto the ghost ship because they had been using the crane to get mm -hmm. on and off the ghost <laughs> ship but instead of just having to explain that they just crossfade back onto the yeah, ghost next ship. scene next scene. right guys don't worry about it 
everyone's fine on the ghost ship. They probably just like dropped a rope or something. So now they've got to find figure out a plan. Yeah, and there are two schools of thought about the plan, right? Mm-hmm. The plan is either fix the ship and I guess sail it in or just build a raft. And that's what the first mate wants to do. Right. Greer. But they ultimately decide what Epps is saying, which is we're going to fix the ship enough so that we can change the way it's like listing lazily to the left and miss the rocks. And then we'll just float until someone finds us, which is like such a terrible plan. Yeah. It's a very bad plan, Mikey. But that's the one they go with because everyone hates the first mate, I guess. They all get into a big fight now because they're just mad at each other for bad script reasons. (laughs) I think it is like the ring in Lord of the Rings. Like it causes people to like hate and like Mm. just get mad at each other. Right. Because literally the first mate Greer punches Keith or Kyle Urban. I keep calling him Keith Urban. (laughs) Doesn't Munder punch Greer, though? No. I don't remember. They get in some dumb fight. No, they're like, we don't want to use your stupid raft, you fucking asshole. And then he's like, well, fuck you. And they punch him in the face. And I was like, that's really intense for a fight like that. Yeah. They're going overboard, you might say. (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it. And now we cut to Ghost Girl just dancing in the pool room. And the ship looking really creepy in the moonlight, which I thought was really cool. Now Murphy is just hanging out in the captain's quarters because that's where the alcohol is. Oh, that's right. And the captain of the ship actually shows up and just decides he wants to drink some scotch with him as well. He's like, what's up, bro? Exactly. Cheers. This is another one of those times where a lot of things are happening at once. Yeah. And it's cutting back and forth. And I tried to keep it together. But so Epps looks up who this little girl was and she figures out almost immediately that her name was Katie and that she wasn't with anybody. She conveniently turns to the exact page that Katie is on. And then can mm-hmm. speak Spanish all of a sudden, or Italian, or whatever language it is. <laughs> Although, I mean, I don't think Katie is an Italian name. <laughs> Anyways. It's a Mia Katie. <laughs> it's a Katie. I mean, a, a Katarina, I guess, could have been. And it does say solo, which I guess is obvious for what that means, but yeah. But so now Munder and Dodge decide to play some canned food roulette and eat some, like, 40-year-old canned beans. Yes. I'd do it. Of course you would, Mikey. Well, I mean, if you think about it, they sort of have to. They don't have the supplies from their ship, except for the few supplies they brought over to help salvage, right? Yeah, it's been 12 hours, Jen. They haven't eaten like 12 hours. Ah, that's true. (laughs) So I literally lost my shit with the Munder and Dodge scene because Mm -hmm. it was so gross. It is really, really gross. Yeah. I had just eaten dinner. And I was like eating the dinner Mm. while I watched this movie. And this this scene happened 10 minutes after I was finished. And I almost threw up. It was so gross. And the beans look disgusting before they turn into maggots. Yeah, because it's like lima beans and pinto beans mixed together, which is like weird choices. Like, I don't understand why you would put those in the same can. It was the 40s. And Italian beans are good. My name is Katie and I love Italian beans. (laughs) So they turn into maggots and it's real gross. And just the effects of them like having these maggots like dripping out of their mouth. It's so gross. It did look real though. Like, I would not be surprised to find out that they actually had maggots in their mouth for that scene. But I mean, if you're really hungry, you could eat maggots. You can. You don't want to though, Mikey. No. But if it's been 12 hours and you're just hankering for a meal. (laughs) Yeah. I'm keto. I don't eat maggots. (laughs) (laughs) So now Carol is in the hallway looking for Katie's room, and then all the doors open at one time. No, all the doors close at one time, Jen. (laughs) And then only Katie's door opens. So then instead of running away screaming, lighting matches behind her, she goes into that room like an insane person. And her and Katie have a heart to heart. She's got to solve the mystery, you know? No, she doesn't have to solve the mystery. 
All she has to do is walk into the room and then the mystery gets solved for her. That is true. But so she's going in and she's seeing all the little clothes and um, she picks up the doll and then she does open the door and ah, there's a hanging skeleton. Yeah. It's a big jump scare. And I didn't really catch that it was the same dress that Katie was wearing. Well, it's not only the same dress, it's also her locket that she's wearing. That's Katie's body. Yeah, which I didn't catch the first time. Or excuse me, that's a Katie's body. I'm just in here hanging out. Um, (laughs) So now cut back to Greer, who's in the ballroom and he's drunk. And the ballroom, he's walking through it and the ballroom is kind of coming back to life. And it's like that scene at the end of Titanic, only it's not as like romantic. (laughs) It's real Um, dumb. Did you guys think that that effect was pretty cool when they're putting that room back together and he's like in the spotlight? I yeah. honestly yeah. thought it looked pretty good for 2002. I mean, it was okay. It looks like Harry Potter, like when they're doing the magic to fix up a room. It looks like that, <laughs> and it looks pretty decent for 2002. Fun fact early, that was the hardest thing for them to do. Because they had to shoot yeah. the entire scene in the old gross ballroom and the entire scene in the new ballroom, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I do think it looks pretty cool. That was like the effect that I was like, shit, that held up well. Yeah. This is where I would survive most horror movies. Because if I'm just like hanging out somewhere and this like people started like cheering for me and a gorgeous woman came up to dance with me, I'd be like, the devil is here. Something's wrong. Yeah, I gotta go. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> a more realistic haunting is if she appeared and I was like, Hey, do you want to dance? And she's like, mm. Mm, it's been a real weird year. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he decides because she does want to dance with him. He's like, oh, anything that happens on the high seat and with a dead person doesn't count. Which so. I think is so dumb. Sorry, fiance. <laughs> I have a question real quick. If you cheat with a ghost, is that cheating? Yes. It's at least emotional cheating. That's fair. Yes. Okay. Natalie said the same thing, just for the record. <laughs> <laughs> And she didn't care too much that I asked. No, I thought about it too because he's like, I am engaged, but since you're a ghost and I know none of this is real, I'm going to go with it. And I was like, you're kind of a sleazeball. The fact that yeah. he's drunk enough to know that that's a ghost, but that doesn't stop him is weird to me. That's such a weird yeah. line to choose, right? It is. And it, I think it's just one of the writing failures, you know? Agree. So, turns out you can't cheat on your fiance with a dead girl, right? Um, so, she gets all topless. <laughs> oh, my God. And let me just say this. As a rule, never go with a naked ghost to a second location. It <laughs> never ends up the way you think it's going to end up. It cuts back to Epps and the girl, and she mm-hmm. goes to hand the locket back to the girl and it goes right through her hand and my immediate uh-huh. first thought was oh that he's gonna go right through that singer <laughs> and he does and he literally does she like lures him over and i guess he just mm-hmm. can't see that it's the elevator shaft and he like goes to i guess just snuggle up to her but then slips through her and then dies he got ghosted you hate to see it. <laughs> Typical story. He was trying to do it ghost doggy style. I'm trying to make a ghost dog reference. Yeah, Forrest Whitaker was not happy about that <laughs> joke, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> like, like only you and I have ever seen that movie. And I don't think anyone gets this reference. I've never seen that movie. Oh, really? You made a ghost dog joke on some other episode, and I looked it up after that. Oh. <laughs> I've never oh. seen it. Yeah. Well, okay, first off, let's say she's a real woman. I don't want to have sex in front of an open elevator shaft. Like, that's really dangerous. Yeah, there are many reasons that's a bad idea. You're right. But he wasn't looking at anything but her chest. The male gaze killed him. Even if there was a a naked woman in front of me, I'd still be worried that, like, I'm going to fall off the Grand Canyon or whatever. Where are you looking to have sex with people? Why are you in the Grand Canyon trying to get amorous? Let's use the movie example where I'm on top of an, I'm on the top of an elevator. There's an open elevator shaft. And she's like, I'm going to bend over the open elevator shaft. I'd be like, that's super dangerous. Don't 
do that. Yeah. Well, he's also shit-faced. And he's high on the anxiety of cheating on his fiance. Oh, God. And then he gets what he deserves. I want to see the cut of this movie where he, like, cries next to the elevator. He's like, I should have never, have like, looked at you, and I feel super guilty about all this. And he drunk calls his fiance <laughs> and tells her everything that happens. <laughs> and he just throws himself down the elevator shaft for guilt. And he yeah. even unzips. It's a very graphic scene. Yes, it is very graphic. So if he would have fell face up, his penis would have been out. I think he did fall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I love that that is on your mind. Did you guys think about that? No, Mikey, I did not think about where his penis ended up at the bottom of the elevator shaft. He whips it out, and he dies with his penis out. Like, that's got to be, that's crazy. And then yeah. if he didn't turn around, she would have ran into his dead body and been like, oh, my God, he's dead. And then she'd be like, why is his dick out? Rigor mortis, baby. Which, like, would have been a better movie. Let's, like, be honest about it. I mean. <laughs> She's like, something's happened to, <laughs> to the first mate. He fell on the elevator shaft. What's the scene like? He's got barbs through his chest. Also, his pants are down and his dick is out. It's like so weird. I, there's no possible way for me to recreate the circumstances that led to this death. <laughs> Fun fact, that's the plot of the porn version of this ghost dick. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm done with that scene. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I like it. Back to Carol and the girl. Yes. She's just talking about like her parents moved to New York and everybody's dead now. And she's like talking about her dress. And this is when Epps tries to give her the locket and it goes through. And that's when she realizes, oh, you're a fucking ghost and not just a little girl who lives here all the time. Yeah. What else could she have been? Like, of course, she's exactly. a ghost, Epps. But so they're talking about ones who are and aren't marked, too. And this is one of the things where I never totally figured out later on they say it's like people without sin they can't be marked or something but she's talking about someone who's trying to fill his quota of souls yeah and he's referring to like a he he's trying to fill the yeah. quota of souls so it's kind of like cueing you in that there is a guy who is like right. running the show and all of the people who are marked are the guests of the ship from like the 60s that died with sin and those are the ones right. that are on board and they're also on board with his plan to take all these souls to hell with them. Right. The reason the girl isn't is because she was without sin. She was unmarked. Mm. But so while this is happening and she's talking about this person that won't let, that's like controlling them, Murphy is drinking with the ghost captain who's now yes. just appeared and they're just hanging out. The captain's telling a story about another ship that sank, uh, the Lorelei, and that's where the gold came from. And that this happened two days before the ship disappeared. And he said there weren't any survivors, except there was. There was one survivor, and it's this picture that we don't get to see yet. And that's happening right. at the same time that Katie is talking about the ghost that's like the head ghost in okay. charge. Or I have another problem with the movie right here. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's the 1960s, right? Yeah. How did they develop the film in two days between taking the pictures and the boat on a ship? Yeah, they took it to the one-hour photo uh, on the ship. It's ghost development, yeah. <laughs> so now Murphy is running around the pool room and trying to get everybody to go, and he sees Santos. Yeah, it's ghost Santos. They're like having a conversation about how Santos is dead, and now he's mm. trapped on the ship that you brought me on, Captain, you ass exactly. or whatever. And yeah. you were a dick to me all the time, yeah. so yeah. And then that sort of sends the Captain over the edge, and he starts hallucinating uh, and as he's mm -hmm. running away, he literally runs into Epps, but instead of seeing Epps, 
he continues to see Santos and starts attacking right. Epps, who he thinks is Santos, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And then Ferriman, right before he's about to smash her in the head, Ferriman comes and knocks him out. But they do take the captain and throw him in what looks like just a fish tank with like a ship hold clothes on the top. Like, it's so weird. It's like one of those tubes that's like in the middle of like the, an aquarium restaurant, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but they throw him in the bottom of it like that's a safe place to keep him or something. Well, it's not because they could not pay Gabriel Byrne for the rest of this movie. So this is the last time we see him. Right. And that was one thing that bugged me is that they killed him off screen because later on, we're just going to see him floating drowned in that thing. And I thought that was a little cheap. I feel like this is really the point where it starts to become very noticeable that the plot doesn't really make sense. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, there have been seeds of this along the way, but this is when it starts to really go off the rails. If you think about it, we really could have gotten a really cool scene of the water slowly filling up and Mm -hmm. Gabriel Byrne's like little tank that he's in. And then Epps trying to get back to him as she realizes what's going on. And then him dying and having that picture that he's holding still be there. So we could have had that moment of her seeing that picture through the tank. But we could have had this really cool moment of like this back and forth. Will she be able to save him or not? And they could have like put their hands up together like Kirk and Spock. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like right as he's dying, Mm -hmm. he could have like literally held the picture up just to show. And that would have been sort of a father daughter like type relationship yeah. or it would have helped convince me of that which they did not at all do so now they've got to dive fix the hole yeah this is where we get the fixing the ship montage they do fix it but now they've got to pump all the water out and it's going to take about 12 hours to do that yeah right right so now we've introduced a pumping clock right well and will. they're also getting closer to those rocks they talked about earlier so they uh-huh. really are, are on a time crunch and they also free up the rudder and that allows yeah. the Epps to go up to like the bridge or whatever you call it right And Mm -hmm. she's able to move the ship in a way that they can sort of control the way it's drifting. Right, right, right. Yeah. But the current has them. Yeah, it still has no power. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there's still the rocks are looming. Yeah. Um, But so Carol decides to go look for Greer. And she sees Katie instead, and then she finds Greer's body in whatever shape you choose to imagine it in. I'm going to choose to believe that his dick is not sticking right out. And you do not see his <laughs> dick, no matter how much Mikey talks about fantasizing about it. Well, no, I'm not yeah. fantasizing. I just want a more realistic movie. Right. Realistic, <laughs> fantasize, whatever you justify it to yourself as, that's uh-huh. fine. It would have been funnier. Because <laughs> she, like, she like runs up to him and she's like, oh my God, no. Oh, <laughs> Ew, how did that happen? <laughs> right? <laughs> but he's like impaled on these elevator cords. And this is when I fell in love with how crazy and stupid this movie was. Yeah. Because this is when Ghost Girl says, come on, Epps, I want to tell you something or I want to show you something. And she touches Epps' shoulder and we start to hear the video game Resident Evil music playing. The music is so bad I know, but I love it. Flashback! It's literally like a five-minute Ocean's Eleven-style like flashback of how the uh-huh. gold heist happened on this ship. Right, because we have only seen the wire cutting everything in half. Right. So we see a little bit of that, but we also see that that shady waiter was, like, poisoning him with the champagne, and they were putting rat poison in the food, and people were, like, puking. And then people were murdered in the pool. Yeah, it was, like, the cooks, or people who were, like, dressed as the cooks, 
were like rounding up people and killing everybody. And they did like a firing squad in the pool, which is where all those bullet holes came from. Yeah. And then they pulled Katie into her room and either hung her or... We don't see what happens, but we assume they hung her. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Apparently in an earlier draft of this, there was a little more not cool things that happened in that scene. So I'm glad they chose to cut that. Yeah, that's but great. But yeah. So then um, that we're still, this flashback takes fucking forever. It and does. I, and oh, my I God. I just love it. <laughs> um, so now we're, they're going to find the gold, and the singer, Francesca, is there. Oh, my God. You see members of the cooking crew who was, like, into the heist. You see them killing members of their own team, right? Uh-huh. And then you see Francesca, like, seduce one of the members, and he turns mm-hmm. around and kills all of them. And in my mind, I was like, oh, shit. She's the Joker from that Batman movie when they're like robbing right. the bank or whatever. And then that guy, after he mows down all of those people, <laughs> he turns around and she shoots him in the face. <laughs> and then she turns around and there's a guy there. And I was like, oh, she's not the Joker. She's Harley Quinn. And that's the Joker. And then that guy <laughs> walks in and he shows that he's not Joker. He's the Candyman because he <laughs> looks her in the face and then she starts like swinging back and forth. And then it fades out and we sort of see that it is Ferryman. The way he kills her is so utterly dumb. Like, did he <laughs> yeah. put that hook up there before this or? Nobody knows, Mikey. If he is a supernatural being, he could make that she happen. She was the scheduled yeah. performer. She's not from the other ship. So did she get driven insane to kill people? I honestly think he was giving her some of that devil penis magic that he's got. So mm-hmm. she was just doing what whatever he said, and this is his plan all along because he's a demon. So it turns out it's Ferryman, and he is like the devil's henchman all along. He gets a lot hotter, although the acting doesn't really improve. This is like where the turn happens for me, and it goes completely to bonkers land. It really does, like past the point of even remotely making sense. Exactly. But this is when we notice, we find that Murphy has drowned in that fish tank. Well, yeah, because Epps runs down to save, maybe not save, she doesn't know he's in any danger, but she runs down to get him out. Right. And then she sees that the the tank that they put him in is full of water and he's drowned. And then the picture's against the edge of the tank so she can see. It's like the shining moment when they zoom in on the picture. Like, you see mm-hmm. that it is Ferryman who is the person on the inside, of, you know, the devil. So now Munder is diving and fixing stuff, and he hears weird noises, and he gets, oh like, grinded God. into some gears, which is another death that doesn't really pay off. I thought he was cheating on Dodge and got on Grinder. Oh. Too soon, Mikey. <laughs> I mean, at first I was like, <laughs> how dumb do you have to be to get stuck in an engine gear like that? But the engine right. isn't working, so why would he think he needs to steer clear of that? Exactly. Yeah, I sort of understand why he was able to get caught in that, but it sucks, dude. He gets crushed. I think this death is pretty cheap because we don't really get to see it, and it kind of comes out of nowhere. But yeah. I do like later when she discovers it, you just see his like face laying on the ground <laughs> with all the rest of his body parts. I just thought it was cool. I do love that the gear just sort of snags his fin and then slowly grinds him up. And he he really had like five seconds to take that flipper off and he would have been fine. He just doesn't think to do it. Yeah. But meanwhile, that is happening. This is the weirdest scene. Not the weirdest scene in this movie, but it is bizarre. So Ferryman shows up. Oh, is this where they're on the bridge, Jen? Yeah, yeah. And so Dodge is on the bridge. Yeah, so Epps has already seen Carl Urban and she picked up the shotgun or whatever. And then she goes back up to the bridge where it cuts to. And before she gets back up to the bridge, we see Ferryman and Dodge up there. And then we have this really strange, like, shot of them barely missing the rocks or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then it cuts to Ferryman going, I guess that's it. We missed them. 
it's, it's like, oh, this whole hey. thing that has been building up to this whole time gets <laughs> explained away in two seconds. Exactly. Like oh. it wasn't shit. And then and then that's when Epps gets to the bridge and she's um talking to oh, you know what? Maybe she's talking to Dodge before um Ferryman comes up there. Because Ferryman does walk in. So I said it a little bit out of order. But it doesn't fucking make it any doesn't. sense. Because she does that thing that Donna does on 90210 when there's an intruder in her house and she just is all weird trying to give David the signal eyes, you know? Um, because she's like, no, no, sure, <laughs> stay together, right? I have no idea what you're talking about, but I do know <laughs> what you're talking about because I saw this movie. But So she's trying to tell Dodge what's going on, but then Ferryman right. walks in. And she then can't just spill the beans on Ferryman because he'll kill both of them, I guess. Right. So she gives Dodge the shotgun and says, all right, you guys stay here. I got to go do some shit or whatever. Uh, and then she leaves. And that's when they do the rock thing, right? And uh. she goes to look for Munder is what she's going to do. Oh, okay. So we had a little bit out of order. But yeah. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. It's all jambled up. It's There's techno music playing. This is a weird it's third It's a fucking act. mess. It is. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because once they get clear of the rocks, this is when Ferryman goes, all right, I'm going to go look for Epps. And then Dodge is like, mm. no, she said we stay here and wait till she comes back. And then he's like, whatever, right. man, whatever. And he turns around. And Ferryman then, like, takes his jacket off or, like, his flannel mm-hmm. off or whatever that is. Yeah. And he goes, you disgust me. And it's, like, mm-hmm. so <laughs> bad. It's so <laughs> bad. It's so bad it's great, though. I love this moment. I do, too. But it's terrible. It's kind of hot. You're going to let a woman tell you what to do? Oh, my God. Yeah. It's, he's like, It's very, like, Matrix, too. You know, he's like, you humans. Ugh. Yeah. And then he, like, gaslights Dodge into shooting him. And you assume that Dodge killed him. And then you see as Dodge runs away, Ferryman opens his eyes. Right. And then we don't see Dodge die. Which is why Mikey confused Dodge for Ferryman earlier because Dodge <laughs> runs up to Epps as Epps is trying to blow the fuck up out of this ship. Mm-hmm. And before that, Ferryman had said, oh, I know that you love Epps, which is something we have seen zero evidence of in the entire movie. So it was like, <laughs> It was what? like he was convincing him like, oh, yeah, okay. We were as surprised as Dodge was to hear that. Right. He's like, well, I never really thought about her like that, but I guess if everybody else on the crew is dead, you know, what are we going to do? She's you know? the only woman within thousands of miles. That's true. So she's about to blow the boat up. Dodge comes and finds her and says he shot Ferriman and she says she's going to blow it up. And he says, no, he wants to leave the gold on the boat. And I did like the part where she said no one ever gets the gold because I thought that was that was I saw the seeds of what this plot could have been. You and you know? were like, oh, so um, close, guys. So close. I know, man. Well, <laughs> kind of close. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so he's now talking about like just starting a boat life together and they're just going to like sail around on this gross ship all the time with all their gold this gold could get us anything we want we could have our own boat guys i'm just gonna say this right now if we were on a tugboat and we came across 200 million dollars and we split that i would not want a tugboat life after that (laughs) no yeah she really dodged a bullet uh hell yeah mikey but this is when he shapeshifts and turns mm-hmm. into ferryman. She figures it out because she says, why haven't you asked me where Munder is? Which is the dumbest way that she could have figured that out. Yeah. It would have been funnier if Munder and Dodge were in a relationship because then she'd be like, you didn't ask me where Munder is, your lover. And then the ghost guy would be like, what? 
And that would have made sense. But you know what we miss here is we miss the slow clap. You figured out the plan. Honestly, Mikey, had they done that, they could have changed no direction of the script. Right. Had they had, they had said that Dodge and Munder were in a relationship, I'd be like, okay, that makes as much sense as the rest of this movie. I'd have been on right. board for that. But yeah, mm-hmm. none of that happens. It's just, a, well, you didn't ask me where Munder was, so you're definitely a shape-shifting demon. Who is trying to kill us all. That's what she jumps to. And she's right. She is. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, honestly, shape-shifting is the kind of thing writers do when they're like, shit, we have 12 hours to write the end of this movie. What do we do? I don't know. Just make one of them shape-shift. Right. This movie goes very patrioticals at the end. It does. It's like the old man rips his like mute his mask off, and he would have gotten away with it if it weren't for the kids. And also, can I just say this? It goes patrioticals early on. It's not at the end. It's early on. It goes full (laughs) patrioticals. But so this is when he starts talking about what he is, and he said he tells us Dodge is dead. Um, He's talking about souls without sin can't be marked, which is like a detail that nobody needs in this story. Yeah, all of this is details that don't make any fucking sense. But like, as long as he keeps the boat afloat. So they'll all go down together or something. Anyways, he's collecting these souls. <laughs> and when he fills his quota, he yeah. sends a boat full home and it'll make his management happy. Yeah. And it's his job because he was an asshole before he died. In my and mind, so- that's why the ship goes away. So like in 62, it went away for a bunch of years. And mm-hmm. then management, which I have to assume is the devil, sent him back up. And then it collects right. more souls. Well, actually, Todd, those are the same <laughs> souls from 1962. So you are mm, incorrect. No, I mean, they are. But because they are the marked souls from the boat, they are then responsible for helping kill the other people that come in. Yeah, they tried to make it way too complicated. Yeah. So, but now Ferryman is asking for an exchange because I guess Carol or Epps has to actually like do something with the ship. Well, no, because she's about to blow up the ship. Right, right, right. But she says she wants her crew back, which I'm like, they're dead. You idiot. What the fuck is this movie? And then she just gets hit with something and falls into the water and they have like a three-second water fist fight, and then she suddenly finds a harpoon gun. Yeah, so this bothered me a lot. She stabs him in the leg with the harpoon gun, and then Mm -hmm. he stands up, and she stands up, and the harpoon gun is no longer in his leg. It's in her hands, and she's about to shoot the harpoon gun. She just stabbed through his leg. I had a real problem with that. Because he's a ghost. He's not a ghost, though. He's a demon, and we did see him bleed earlier. Anyway, none of this fucking matters because it's bonkers. But she pulls a fucking Mulan right here because he goes, what are you going to do, shoot me with the harpoon? Spoilers. And then she shoots the detonator. And then the boat blows up and then the movie becomes like a combination of the Little Mermaid, Titanic and Coco. It becomes like a Disney movie at the end. But what's cool is like a beam like explodes Fairman during the explosion. She was in the room with the C4, right? Like she should have been dead right then. Oh, absolutely. Yes. There's no way this entire boat explodes and like sinks that quickly without her dying in the explosion. Yeah, it's it's insane. But no, she swims out the same hole all the ghosts swim out, I guess. Yeah. And she can hold her breath for a million years, too. Yeah. So. And then also can survive on a empty piece of luggage for what I assume is days. 
until she's right. saved by carnival cruise lines. Mm-hmm. I did kind of like the part where all of the souls were kind of swirling around the ship and just like evaporating. You well, know? it was going up into the Aurora Borealis. Yeah. <laughs> it did yeah. look cool. It was very Little Mermaid, though. Yeah, exactly. And then it was like, all the souls are free, but are they? We don't know. Find out next week on another episode of <laughs> The Patriarchal. <laughs> So she does get rescued by a ship and we see her on an ambulance being wheeled away on the shore. And then the music changes. And then we see a crew carrying all of the ghost gold onto another ship. And it's Faramin again. But it's not her crew. If you watch it, it's not her crew that's picking it out. And she's in the ambulance. So theoretically, she would be safe, you know? Yeah. And And that's that's the the movie. movie. Roll credits. All right. So having seen this movie, having talked about this movie, what do you guys think? It's fun. I mean, it's really dumb. It is real dumb. It's fun, like atmospheric horror that's not, doesn't take itself too seriously. Like I could see this being like comfort food movie horror, you know? I do not think this is a horror film. Really? It's more of an adventure film. I mean, it might have adventure elements, but it's definitely a horror film. Indiana Jones and the Ghost Girl. Uh, That is a movie (laughs) I do not want to see. (laughs) No. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought it's it's dumb. It's bad, and the writing is bad. But, I mean, it was fun. It wasn't the worst movie I've seen all week. It's dumb in all the right ways. I declare it a Mikey movie. Yeah, this is a Mikey movie. And this is a movie I, I would say a, a horror virgin could definitely watch this and be fine. But this is a movie right. you need to watch, like, at a party with a bunch of people and just, like, joke around and have a good time with it. Because then the shitty plot and, like, the plot holes and the bad writing just becomes more fun and you're not like Mm -hmm. what am I doing with my life well and so that's the thing because like with this type of imagery I was interested to see if it would scare you because it is imagery that I find scary I feel like this movie is just trying so hard that you can just see everything coming so it's not you know yeah I'll agree with that but I think 13 ghosts and house on haunted hill are scary it's empty scariness but it's still like effective in some ways where this movie just doesn't get there you know yeah but had a fun time watching it yeah i would have loved to have watched it with you guys yeah this is definitely a movie that i really wish we could have watched together and i don't recommend watching this movie unless you can watch it with people yeah all right well let's do box office then box office so what do you guys think this movie cost to make they filmed it i'm assuming in 2001 so what do you guys think the budget was in 2001 20 million dollars jen 10 million mikey was exactly right it was exactly oh. 20 million dollars that is insane nice. well done mikey and its first <laughs> week out was october 25th 2002 and i think that that is perfect it needs to come out around that time or it's not going to do well right and it did pretty well it was third the first week it came out it was beat by jackass the movie and the ring uh. And then it was this. Well, yeah. Ghost Ship. And then closing out the top five was Sweet Home Alabama and My Big Fat Greek Wedding. But in its first week, it made $11 million. Yeah, it didn't do well. I feel like The Ring kind of has the same kind of imagery and energy, but it's just so much better, you know? To put it in perspective, and we've done The Ring already. In its first weekend out, The Ring did $15 million. And in its second Mm. week out, because that's when it was up against Ghost Ship, it did $18 million in its second week out. So, like, it did better its second week than it did its first week. And, of course, it beat Ghost Ship that came in at $11.5 million. But total, 
domestic, it made $30 million. So it made its money back domestically. And then internationally, it made an extra $38 million. So it did pretty well at the box office. Like it made money. But that's box office. Jen, you got some fun facts for us? I do have some fun facts. Yeah, these were really super fun. Fun facts. Let's see. <laughs> so this was from originally from a script that was floating around <laughs> um, <laughs> in 1996, and it was named Chimera. Okay. And it was essentially Titanic meets The Shining. So I mean, that there is, was I sort of can see that in this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was a bloodless psychological thriller. Um, it was more um, about the cabin fever and them turning on each other than it really was a supernatural thing. Um, the way that script ends, I'm going to link an article that walks through a lot of the details of this script because it's really cool. interesting, but I don't want to go through all of them here. But so Fair Murphy enough. was the main killer. Um and they crash on some rocks and Murphy and Epps survive, but he goes to get the gold and it takes too long and he dies. And then Katie helps Epps survive. So there's kind of some elements to it, but read this article. It talks a lot about it. It was really interesting. Um, but so at an actress's round table a couple of years ago, Juliana Margulies was talking about this movie and she said that the cast all signed on to that script. And that's what they thought oh, they were going to no. be shooting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then no. they shoot because like, like you, we were talking about, there are some really big actors who had done some like good things, you know, yeah. like Carol had been on ER for a long time at this point. And Gabriel Byrne was just like, there are big actors in this, yeah, just thing, unusual this movie suspects. is terrible. Yeah. But so they signed on to that script that they thought was like the shining. Now that article I read, it was very like the shining. And so they did need to change it, but, but they showed up to start shooting and they, saw all the changes but they were contractually obligated to do it so she has disowned this film so she was pretty pissed I about it i don't blame oh, her yeah i don't blame her at it all it got really bad reviews too um that are justified so the only ship that was actually used in this movie was the tugboat yeah yeah that does not surprise me but they made a 35 foot version of the antonia graza which is the ghost ship to shoot right. like establishing shots. Um, so while they were filming some of the interior shots on, I, I guess the tugboat, there was a feeding frenzy in the water and it brought like 800 to a thousand sharks, like a couple of what? yards off the boat. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Uh, ghost so sharks. I know. Oh dude. Ghost shark would be terrifying. We need to make Go Shark the movie. That sounds amazing. We're sitting Ghost on a shark. gold mine, guys. He goes to bite you, and it's really scary, but you just go through him. Yeah, and you can't <laughs> kill him. <laughs> um, so while they were filming this movie, Dodge and Epps were actually dating in real life. Um, Juliana Margulies. Oh, no shit, and, okay. Yeah, and Ron Eldard, Um, But they broke up in 2003. So which, they really did love each other at that point. They did, yeah. Oh, my God, that's funny. And it still wasn't convincing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, but they broke up the year after this came out. Probably because they had lost that magic spark. They did, man. Yeah, she <laughs> turns out she was just hoping he turned into um, Fairman the whole time, and he just <laughs> never did. <laughs> So there is an episode of Mythbusters about the opening cable scene. Oh, wow. It's in season four and it's called Killer Cable Snaps. I have not seen it, but should I spoil it? Yes, yes. absolutely spoil it. Yeah, fuck it. Turns out a cable can actually not cut a person in half, let alone an entire really? dance floor of people. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, but check that episode out because I really like uh, Mythbusters a lot. I think Mythbusters is great, yeah. The first choice to play um, Murphy was not Gabriel Byrne. It was Brian Cox was supposed to play Murphy. Really? Yeah. I love Brian Cox. Oh, me too, man. Fuck off. Nobody says it like him, man. (laughs) Yeah, Um, he's so good. Uh, but he dropped out to do The Ring, which was a very smart decision. <laughs> yeah, it was a much bigger movie that came out like, right before this. Yeah, Right. Even though that was a much smaller part for him, too, I feel like it was being associated with that movie is so Still much better. Still a great call, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we already talked about Charon, the ferryman who um, collects souls to ferry them across the River Styx into Hades. So that's something yeah. from Greek mythology. Right. So they mentioned that the gold comes from the ship called the Lorelei. And this is a reference to De Lorelei. And that's German. So I probably mispronounced it. It is Nazi gold, Mikey. That's a, this is a German poem about a siren type woman who lures boats to ruin sailors in their deaths. So that's where they got that name. That's what sirens do. Yep, that is. Okay, so this was inspired by the story of the Andrea Doria. And I have some fun facts about that. Um, I had heard of that from Seinfeld talking about it in a couple of episodes, and I didn't really know what had happened. But um, so the Andrea Doria was an Italian ocean liner, and it collided with a Swedish ocean liner called the Stockholm, um, 45 miles south of Nantucket Island. Okay. It was apparently hidden by a big fog bank, and they didn't, the Stockholm didn't see the Andrea Doria until it was too late for them to change paths. So kind of like what happens when they collide, the tugboat collides. Yeah. And they're not exactly sure what happened because both boats had sophisticated radar and it's likely that they just kind of misread the signals or anticipated the other captain doing something else. But so they collided. It tore a giant hole in the side of the Andrea Doria. Uh, 51 passengers and crew were killed. But all the people that survived the actual collision, there were 1,660 survivors who were rescued from the ship before it sank. Another ocean liner, the Ile de France, helped them with this rescue and it's the greatest civilian maritime rescue in history oh cool. which is oh. yeah it's cool it's an interesting story and i'll link an article with uh, a little bit more about that awesome okay so i told you we were going to talk about the mary celeste yeah this is a real ship and it was originally called the amazon and it has kind of a shady past i'm linking an article with more details about that too um there's also an episode of my favorite murder that talks about this one too um but so on november 7th 1872 it had at this point been renamed as the mary celeste and it set sail from new york harbor heading to genoa italy and on board was the captain his wife their two-year-old daughter and eight crew members and so that was on november 7th and on december 5th it was found floating deserted the lifeboat was missing and there was a little bit of water in the hold but the ship was totally undamaged and they had plenty of food and water um, and so there's there's tons of theories about where the crew and the passengers went, but no, they were never found. That's so. insane. So that's the true story of the Mary Celeste. It is. There's a lot of theories that I didn't like. Maybe there were fumes or like yeah. pirates or something. I'm linking an article about it, but it, it was a really interesting story. And it inspired me 
to maybe look into some ghost ships for our next Patreon episode oh, when it's my nice. turn. So, because I was like, ooh, this is fun. Be on the lookout for ghost ship story time. Yeah, ghost ships. And those are my fun facts. Well, thank you for your fun facts, Jen. That's awesome. Sure. Maybe, Jen, we should do that scary scale. We should do that scary scale. Hey, listeners, our scary scale is a scale we use to rank how scary we thought the movie was. It's not a ranking of the quality of the film. It's how scared we were when we watched it today. Um, our one example is Ghostbusters. Our 10 example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. All right, Todd. I'm going to give it a two. All right. It's not very scary at all. It, mainly because it's just so silly and just overboard stupid, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mikey, what are you going to give it? I'm going to give it a one. Yeah. All right. That does not at all surprise me. Yeah, I think I'm going to give it a one, too. Like, yeah, and about, even, like, the gore yeah. is not really, you know, there's just, it's not so scary. Honestly, the only reason I gave it a two was that maggot scene. Literally, I gagged. You are such, yeah. you such a weak disposition. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Mikey. <laughs> I mean, like, right. that's not even, like, hard. It's just, like, it's so <laughs> gross. I hate it. Um, So that's our scary scale. All right. So this week, the listeners made me watch Ghost Ship. What are you guys making me watch next week? Guys, I'm really excited. This is a movie that dun, I dun. love. We are ending Aquatic Horror Month dun, dun. with Jaws 2. Dun, I'm dun. so excited. <laughs> yeah. We did the original about a year ago. So if you want to Around hear our episode time, on yeah. that, check it out. I love Jaws 2, but this is just a stepping stone to get Todd to Jaws 3D. <laughs> yeah, I know how much you love Jaws 3D. Yeah. Well, it's just because it's dumber and not scary. Oh, when I think it's so bad, it's good movies. Jaws 3 is one of the first ones that comes to mind. Yes. Well, I'm looking forward to checking Jaws 2 off the list so we can quickly get to that one next <laughs> hey, year. but Jaws 2 is still <laughs> awesome. Jaws is 2 okay? is like a good horror movie. It's like a it's pretty like, decent horror sequel. It's okay. like a shark slasher. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, cool. Well, guys, check out Jaws 2 for next week. And Mikey, are you ready to read one of them awesome, awesome, sweet-ass reviews? Of course not. While you look one up, let me explain how the listeners can have their reviews read on the podcast. And that is simply to leave us a five-star review on Apple iTunes. And, uh, you know, type something out, let Mikey have a little fun reading it, and maybe leave, like, an accent or something like that. It'll be a little fun yeah. for Mikey to read. And then uh, we'll have Mikey read it on the podcast. So, Mikey, you got one? I got one. All right, let's do it. Jacqueline 4.6. Oh, wow, okay. Says the best. Oh, thanks. Nice. Love, love this podcast. All right. Well, we with, appreciate that. Well, thank with you. all that's going on in this world, the three of you make me laugh and forget for just a moment. Thanks Aww. for all you guys do. Number one fan, Jackie O. Jackie Onassis? P.S. Is Mikey still single? Oh, Mikey, are you well, still single? I mean, you've been telling me these stories about your neighbor. I'm Maybe it's yeah, time for hey, you and your neighbor to have a DTR conversation. Uh, we can't. Me and my neighbor can never be together because she watches all television and movies with the subtitles on. Oh, Mikey. Well, uh, I guess the answer then is yes, Mikey is still single. <laughs> yeah. You got any spiders you need killing? <laughs> well, thank you very much, Jackie O, for that awesome, awesome review. We really yes, appreciate it. You. If you guys want your review run on the, on the podcast, leave us a five-star text review, and we'll do that. We are a member of the Consequence Podcast Network, so you should check out all of their great podcasts like Halloweenies, Losers Club, This Must Be the Gig, Fifth Dimension. Kyle Meredith with yeah. Ghost Echoes and the Opus. Yeah, those are great, yeah. great yeah. podcasts. And also check out their awesome website at Consequence of Sound. If you want to yeah. check out all of our shit, go to horrorvirgin.com for Jen's blog and links to the merch store. If you want to follow us on socials, we are at horrorvirgin. Or if you want to follow us all individually, we are at Jen Ferratu, M. Randolph24, and I am at Todd J. Awesome. 
If you want to help financially support the show, please do by going to patreon.com slash horrorvirgin. We got a lot of great levels and a lot of great things, and every level is actually able to suggest and vote on listener requests, which is what we did this week, and that's how we came up with the movie Ghost Ship to do for you exactly. guys this week. But if you can't support the show financially or just simply don't want to, but you still want that daily free content, go to our Facebook group at Facebook dot com slash groups slash horror virgin or we link it about once every week so just yeah. look for that and then click on it and go there it's great it's a great awesome fun welcoming community where we have conversations about a lot of things some of which yep. are horror related yeah exactly yeah it is really nice yeah yeah so guys thank you so much for suggesting this and participating yeah. in our listener request be looking out um i usually try to start the next one for the ones for the next month the week that our listener request episode comes out so be on the lookout for that um, for our July listener request. So thank you for joining us for Ghost Ship. I'm Jen. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin Todd, guys. Have an amazing week. Bye. Ghost Sharks. <gasps> he should have died dick up. God willing, Mikey, we all will. <laughs> <laughs> Consequence Podcast Network.